Welcome to the Slayer Sessions with Shannon and Anga. Our mission is to wipe out the fear and discomfort of anxiety. Hello, Ananga. It's so great to be back together with you for another Slayer Session. Today, I know that our original intention was to come together and talk about some of the healthy processes that we might be able to share to help our listeners support themselves when they have emotional pain. So I'm really happy that we're bringing this up because I think often we can be in these these places where we think that we're alone with our experiences, with our sadness, with overwhelming feelings of emotion, and to be able to just put it out there and talk about it in such a way that the people that we serve understand that we're all in this together. Yeah, I think it's very helpful sometimes to just speak openly about whatever emotional stress or distress we may be going through and to understand, as we spoke about recently on the Wonderful Morning Cup program, that we can't always keep going at full tilt and sometimes life throws us a surprise. Sometimes we suddenly realise that we're in up to our necks and we need to know how to support ourselves or sometimes where to go to get a little help. Mm-hmm. I had an experience fairly recently that was very difficult and made me really sad. And I really didn't like that very much. (laughs) I mean, certainly, I don't think any of us do. But being on the other side of it now, I can see what happened. And through the process of just being with those feelings, I feel like I'm in a better position, a healthier position now than I was certainly when they cropped up but then also than I would be had I decided to numb the pain or ignore the situation or pretend that everything was okay. I think one of the things that would be most useful for us to share would be how you can support yourself through emotional pain. And there are so many different levels of emotional pain, whether it's coping with sadness or anger or the intense emotions that can dance around those feelings of of anxiety. And I can say that being with those feelings, and what I mean by that is not pushing them away, not numbing the pain, but understanding that it's very real, that you are feeling something that really stinks. You just are not a happy person in in that position. And it's okay. It's okay to look at it. It's okay to be with it. It's okay to feel it. And hopefully you have someone that can support you and be a witness to whatever it is that's happening so that you can eventually move on. Mm, Great points. I think in the West, we're not really... um very good at being with things we're not very good at being with our thoughts being with emotions we live so fast and furious that we always feel that we have to fill a space it's not often that people are even comfortable just sitting together there has to be a television or a radio or some music or something it's hard for us to just be (laughs) and Mm. uh, certainly for people suffering from stress and anxiety when as we've talked before in ayurveda with the vata body or mind type 
Vata is disturbed by movement, but when it comes out of balance, it wants to move, it wants to fill the void, it wants to have noise and bustle and change, which is the worst thing for us when we're suffering like that. But that's our natural feel, is to go with what aggravates the problem further. I read a few years ago about children in China who are taught to cope with their emotions healthily. For example, when they feel really angry or upset, they're taught to breathe in a certain way, to just breathe through it, not to negate what they're feeling, but to just steady their body down so their mind can deal with it healthily rather than just flying into a big upset. And I was thinking that's a really great lesson for us all. It'd be good if all our kids knew how to do that. It'd be good if we knew how to do it. And in Ayurveda, it's definitely encouraged that we acknowledge our feelings. We don't bury them or push them aside. We feel them and process them healthily. And it's actually quicker and easier to just go through it, as you've been recently discussing, just without numbing yourself down, without trying to bury things, stuff feelings down. Just to feel it in the raw, it's really tough. But somehow you do process it much more quickly and much more healthily because we can't bury things anyway. I've worked with people in therapy who've had stuff come up that they said, I thought I dealt with this 10 years ago, and it's just come right back up. Mm-hmm. So we can't bury. Ultimately, we have to process. Or we're trying to push things away, and it takes so much nervous energy to try and push bad feelings away. We actively do it on a subconscious level. No, I don't want to think about that. And right, exhaust right. ourselves. It's terrible. It's, it's really not healthy at all. Growth means learning to handle things better, learning new skills, learning better ways to cope. It's interesting to think about everything that you just said and how that, I believe, is a mirror of learning self-care, self-respect, self-esteem, understanding that you are living in awareness and you know what your body mind soul needs and you know that by honoring yourself for a while that you're going to be able to come through whatever happens in in a much healthier way than you would if you just kept pressing on if you just kept pretending you know just keep swimming just keep swimming and get yeah. to that place like you said earlier where it does come back up again and 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 the interesting thing also about the study that you referred to for the children is i have a a direct correlation to that with my daughter Marin who is a very big spirit and can be very dramatic and i'm not sure where she possibly gets that from <laughs> But um, one of the things that happens when Marin gets into a place where she's just really feeling these intense emotions is to just ask her, how do you feel and what do you need? And to, you know, obviously to give her the big hug and to let her know that she's supported and that everything is going to be okay to the best of the ability as a parent that you can uh, in supporting your child. But And sometimes she doesn't know. Sometimes she can't put the words to it. But by continuing to bring that forward, we have more uh, experiences where she can say how she feels and then she can ask for what she needs. Children are such beautiful teachers because even when they experience something really big, the injustice on the playground or the comment that made them feel sad or whatever might come up that oftentimes for adults seems so 
small or petty is not. It's, it's their world. It's very big to them. Mm. But look at how gracefully they move on yeah. and let it go. They move on and let it go. They feel it, move on and let it go. And then you've got adults hanging on to it. You can see it with parenting. You can see yeah. how, okay, if your kid can let it go, then probably mom, dad, it's time for you to let it go yeah. too. It's a tragedy when adults trivialize children's feelings and then the child has to watch the adult freak out because, I don't know, their mobile phone bill was bigger than anticipated or they, something tiny happened, a tap leaked or, you know. In the adult right. world, those things that people go loopy about, but because right. we're adults, the kids have to tolerate that. It's really unjust. And yeah. uh, sure to them, some of our stuff seems incredibly trivial and petty too. And I think when we give our children space to express their feelings healthily, they don't become more needy and more hard mm. work. They actually become mentally healthy in being able to express themselves clearly and knowing that it's okay to go through what you're going through and you've got the space mm-hmm. to do that and then they have their outbursts they have their moment they need to be heard which is entirely their right and then they move on and that's definitely the ayurvedic model for us of coping with our life ayurveda embraces all of life's experience but it counsels us if you feel angry and you feel you've been injustice then speak it feel it but then move on same as you said mm-hmm. with, with encouraging your daughter it's not that we can't feel those things And it's not that we shouldn't feel them. If we're feeling them, they're real and they're there. But as we discussed previously, there's a fine line between healthily processing it and knowing that right now you've just got to digest, mentally digest what's happened, or semi-digesting it. And then we get mental indigestion where we keep kind of burping it up, if you're part of the expression. You know, it's like stuck in your head and you think you're over it, but then it's like, but they said this, or but this happened, and, and you're not. You've right. got mental indigestion. And sometimes people regurgitate the contents of their head for years. And yeah. that's considered detrimental to our mental health in old age. So that's really something to look out for. Better to just have it be said and felt and done, and then move on, than to half deal with it. Right. Well, you know, and while I understand that intellectually, um, having just been through something pretty wicked uncomfortable and myself i am definitely experiencing the emotions coming back up and wanting so much for it to just somehow vanish into the you know into the mystic whatever wherever it goes but it continues to come up and then i have to just stop again you know so you keep stopping and i guess you just are with something until you're not and for the most part i feel like I've moved forward, but I'll still have a very strange dream or something will yeah. pop up. What do you do with that? <laughs> well, I'm not an expert because I also have my um, experiences in, in life that I have to try and process, and sometimes I do better jobs than others. But the model I'm trying to learn from and trying to live from by uh, studying Ayurveda is take an antacid for your mind. Ayurveda is very big on that, that for our health, our physical digestion is the most important thing. But what we often don't talk about is our mental health and mental digestion. And that also of primary concern in Ayurveda is our mental health, because if our mind is suffering, we can't live to our full potential. So then Ayurveda is very instructive on mental digestion, processing healthily. Things are 
keeping coming up. So then you bring something into practice. If you're having indigestion with your food, you take some ginger, you can take some fennel tea after your meals. There's things you can do. You can go for a walk, different things you can do to help your body digest. So I think our speciality with Anxiety Slayer is mental discomfort and mental indigestion, which anxiety is also very much connected with. So then it's, it's getting back to those methods that we're always discussing. Things keep coming up. What do I do? What helps me feel more emotionally supported? What helps me move through feelings that come up in my mind in a more comfortable way, in a more peaceful way? And that could just be stepping back and observing more detachedly and allowing yourself to take your face away from the heat of the fire and just watch yourself, witness your own thoughts, look at things more objectively. It takes a bit of practice, but it's a very valuable skill. It could be going for a walk, it could be listening to a guided meditation, it could be journaling and just getting everything out on the page. It could be journaling and then going through an active process like using uh, EFT, emotional freedom techniques, which is something we can talk about more in the future. That's a fantastic way to process mental pain and discomfort. And just listening to you, I'm so grateful because what you're doing is reinforcing the choices that I'm making to be with this, address this, and move on. Uh, I'm doing the right things. And so yeah. it's just going to take time. And and when it pops up yesterday, it popped up, and I said, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this experience? And I just sat with that, and my thoughts would start flying in again, and I'd say, okay, what am I supposed to learn from this? And I'd love to tell you that I had an answer. <laughs> but but really what happened is I allowed myself to be off the hook with the scene that, that I was looking at by just saying, what do I need to learn? Yeah. What, I don't really know how to explain that uh, better than what I just did, but it helped me take my heart out of the equation put it back to this life lesson. What's the lesson here? And so that is certainly helpful. And I know that several of the people who follow us, both um, at iTunes and, and Facebook and such, have had similar experiences with their loved ones and often struggle to find that middle ground, that place where, where they can find some comfort around the beauty of the experience before it changed. Dr. Seuss has a great quote that I love that is, um, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Mm. And that for me is is a lovely mantra too. When I look at the friendships or, you know, look at this particular situation and, and can really look at that and go, yeah, this doesn't make everything muddy. This is a big change, but what beautiful memories I have or what funny memories I have or different situations, you don't have to throw those all away. You don't have to close your heart because it's so important for us to live with an open heart. Yeah, and that's what we tend to do when we're traumatized by something. We box it away, but we stuff lots of stuff in that box mentally, good stuff and bad stuff, and we sit on the lid and it will all come out at some point. (laughs) Or we may sit on it real tight. But then we will close down a part of ourselves to do that. And sometimes we shut useful resources in that box too. We Mm -hmm. take those offline. And that's something I've seen many times when working with people one-on-one. I agree. And I think that often these 
triggers, experiences, situations that come up are kind of testing that resolve, especially if you've, if you've had your heart closed up in a box and you're just learning how to really be open with it and to, to be as vulnerable as you can be. And yet here's this little knock on the door to say, well, how are you doing? How are you going to do this? You know, how, how will you be with this? Mm. And will you try to put your heart back in that box? Will you try to protect yourself by erecting these castle walls and moats and everything else around yourself? Or will you learn from this, be with this and move on? You remind me of a lesson I learned from uh, one of my Ayurveda teachers, Dr. Vasant Lad. He once said in a lecture that senility is the chattering of a bruised mind. And he taught us that if you're going to let your mind chew over and over and over things, it will damage itself. And it was interesting to me because I know people really fear senility and they fear ill health in old age. But it's not some mysterious thing. And of course, there can be physiological contributing factors as well but it's interesting to me to know that if we look after our mental health if we learn techniques to process our upsets and our disturbances and know where to get support and how to get through it healthily we know it's going to hurt we know it's one of the big challenges of life but if we can find healthy ways to process and move on as best we can we're protecting our mental health in the future i know that several of the clients that I have the the blessing to coach and partner with use journaling to really work through obstacles and issues that come up, whether they be personal or professional, to be able to get what is on their mind, get what is in their heart on the page, no matter what, to just get it on the page. Mm. And to come away feeling like, okay, that felt so good to get it out. Even if I'm not ready to ask for a witness, to ask for support from a loved one, I can at least let it fly. Everything that I'm feeling and in a safe place, in my space, mm-hmm. and then from there, do with it what you will. Some people have ceremonies where they write letters to, to people who have caused them emotional pain or they have these journal entries and then they just want to be rid of them. They mm-hmm. want to have a ceremony and burn that page and then send it off. And, and to some people that sounds kind of cuckoo, but for me, it makes a heck of a lot of sense because you're honoring yourself, you're honoring the experience and you're saying, it's okay if I let this go. I don't have to hang on to this and continue to mentally abuse myself because this is an act of violence against yourself. If you continue to bring it up. It is. It's like that quote from Lord Buddha where he says, when you hold on to anger, it's like holding on to a hot coal. You're just Mm -hmm. burning yourself. And I I think journaling is an incredibly valid process. It's one of my favourite techniques that I've used personally and recommended to people. Or or writing a letter. And like you say, just have a ceremony, send it off out there. It might sound cuckoo, but it works. And the reason it works is because it's actually very much in our nature to have stages in our life we want closure we want processing and it might be that physically we can't walk up to somebody and say why did you do this to me let's sort this out so then as we've spoken before then you're working within your circle of influence we can't change the outside stuff that comes at us but we can change how we cope with it and how we learn to process it and there is an energetic principle where you can have closure without 
having to have eye contact. Yeah. You can write your letter, you can write your journal, you can honour your feelings, get them out. It's really, really good to externalise your feelings. And the thing I like about journaling is it does it in a quiet, non-emotive way. I mean, you might feel sad when you're doing it, but what I mean by that is it's not pillow-punching, kicking and shouting, right. which initially may have its place, but if that's our chosen method long-term of dealing with things, we actually start to exhaust ourselves and burn ourselves out because perpetuating an adrenaline fueled state which doesn't serve us well i think journaling is very self-respecting i really do too and what i've noticed is if i am journaling about something that is painful that just the act of sitting down honoring myself through writing on the page and even if my tears are staining the page there's something so cleansing about allowing And I guess that really is the mental digestion, allowing yourself to just go through it, feel it and let it go. And so even if it comes back up the next day, you gave yourself that moment and you're continuing to work on it, to address it, knowing that eventually, as they say, that time makes things better and easier if you're dealing with things in a healthy way. And one of the things that I want to bring up that I think is important is just because you and I are partners in Anxiety Slayer, just because we're coaches, because we tend to be very positive and motivational and supportive women, doesn't mean we don't experience these things that 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 everyone (laughs) suffers sometimes. I can't even tell you how many times I hear from somebody, your life is just so perfect. You're so upbeat. You're this light, this, that, this other thing. And I just look at them and I'm like, well, I'm really grateful that that's your perception. And that that is the way that I want to be in the world. But I'm a human being just like you are. And just because I'm a coach or just because I'm helping support people through this obstacle or that transition doesn't mean that I'm not in there with you and part of you know part of that empathy is what really what helps us reach the incredible people that are a part of the anxiety slayer community and so i do think it's important you know i re- i remember thinking last night before we came together this morning gosh you know it's is it really okay to be this transparent <laughs> And then I laughed because of course it is. And yeah. that's, that's what we're doing here. We, we need to be able to share our own experiences and invite others to share theirs with us so that we can be in community together and know whether it's meditation or NLP or EFT or journaling or just listening, there are skills that can help. I think that having tools, having techniques to try reduces the suffering so much. I think it's the confusion of intense emotions and not knowing where to go with it, not having a system for coping and processing that makes it so much more painful. And I think that uh, journaling, breathing exercises, being able to use meditative techniques to step back and process things from more of a distance, um, different techniques like that, things that we're sharing in the rescue kit, which is basically my intention for that package, was to just be able to be there for people when they're going through a really horrible time where they feel anxieties come back and terrorise their life again or they're just feeling hopelessly sad or exhausted and they're just in a place where they really do 
need to rest and look at their own needs for a while. And that was the whole idea of that rescue kit, was to give some tools, give some resources for learning some mindfulness practices, some coping techniques, and offering some nice uh, supportive relaxations that can be there for people when they really don't know what to do. And all they've got to do is lay down, put the headphones on, press play, and know that there's someone there to coach them into a calmer state and just offer some support. Mm-hmm. The thing that blows my mind is that it is that simple. I'm trying to think of the beautiful guided meditation that you created. Um, I think it's called Relaxed and Resourceful. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the title of it? For, the, for sleeping and, and, and recovery. For sleeping, yeah. yeah. And I remember struggling with my sleep at the beginning of this significant change that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And to, to be able to just turn that on and just lay there and every single time I would fall back asleep. Every single time I felt supported. And so the terror or the discomfort or whatever it was that was popping up for me that was sending me into that mental loop, if you will, Mm. would dissolve. And I would go back to this peaceful state and fall asleep. And it's that simple. It was as simple as downloading a recording. You know, I think, how can we not (laughs) shout out to the world? Not that these MP3s or not that our kits or our tools or any of this is is a magic bullet. That's not what I'm saying. But I, I am saying that if we sample and try and experience all of these different options, something is going to stick. Yeah. There is going to be something that that works for you and that helps you bring more calm and stability into your life. It's just a matter of experimenting and finding what that is. It is, and it's simple because it seems to work so easily when you get the right thing. If you have a bad burn and you put your hand in cold water, it relieves the burn. There's nothing more simple than cold water. Mm-hmm. When we produce these relaxations, everything I can offer in inducing calm, which is the opposite of anxiety. If you feel relaxed, mm-hmm. you can't feel anxious. They're polar opposites. Mm-hmm. You can't feel hot and cold. It's one or the other. You can't feel relaxed and anxious. It's one or the other. So it does help gradually to cool things down and calm things down if you keep going back to it. Let's talk a little bit about the definition of detached observation meditation. I think that our listeners would enjoy a brief explanation about that and how that can be supportive. It's a mental exercise. You just imagine shifting your awareness back and observing things more detachedly. You imagine that normally when we look at things and feel things, we talk about them being in our face, and I think that's kind of where we perceive things happening. But if you Mm -hmm. just mentally imagine bringing your awareness back into the back of your head, like you're coming away from that intensity. And there's a very mm-hmm. similar thing used in NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. They use this for trauma and phobias. This will help understand the detached observation. It's a very similar thing. Basically what they get you to do is imagine that you're sitting in a movie and the thing you're afraid of is on the screen being projected. That's the movie. You're in the seat watching the film, as you always are when you're in the cinema. But in this technique, bring yourself back to the projectionist booth at the back of the cinema and you see yourself seeing the movie 
And that's detached observation. That brings you back into a witnessing space where the emotional intensity is significantly drained out of the event, and then you've got the space to process it mm, without feeling powerful. so much pain. Yeah, it's really powerful. Learning to work with how your mind works. We don't get manuals for the mind, but it's a tool, and it works in funny ways, and we can learn how to work with it. In NLP, they do all kinds of amazing stuff. They'll get you to imagine draining the colour out of an image. If we imagine things in black and white, they're less emotionally intense. If you think about it, when images are portrayed like love and romance, it's always glowy and sparkly. And, and when you take the colour out of something, it drains the emotional intensity away. It's really interesting ways you can work with your mind to help you go through things less painfully. Right. So we do really bring a lot of different ideas and tools to the table. We're coming up on uh, the end of our interview and thought it would be a good time to share with our listeners what we want to do next in our next Anxiety Slayer session. There's so much more to explore. I'd like to um, go through the process of using emotional freedom technique for digesting and healthily processing negative emotions. Mm. I think mm. that's something we could do as a, as a future podcast. We've given lots of background ideas today, but I'd really like to offer a, a significant process that people can learn and take away and practice on their own to really help take the intensity out of negative emotions and bring their wonderful creative intelligence back online. I look forward to coming together again and talking some more about living in this world with all of its magic, all of its love, and the other side, the darker side of the anxiety and stress and things that we can move through, that we can support ourselves through, and that we know we're not alone in dealing with. Yeah. Because we're not. We really do have an incredible support system. It's just a matter of knowing where to look. Definitely. Thank you so much, Ananga. Do you feel mentally overloaded, confused, or upset by setbacks and overcoming anxiety? Do you worry that you will never be able to properly rest and relax? If you're sick and tired of feeling like you're taking one step forward and two steps back, the Anxiety Rescue Kit can help you find your feet and move forward in conquering your anxiety. The Anxiety Rescue Kit is a collection of written advice and guided relaxation exercises to help you address mental overload and anxiety, especially if you feel you are experiencing a relapse or setback. To find out more, visit the Slayer Store at anxietyslayer.com. <laughs>